Hello, everybody. Hello, families. Uh, I want to say a particular hello to all the kids out there. So this is what we're going to do. I know this is weird, but I want you all to stand up if you're not standing up, kids. Okay, and I want you to all wave at your TV screen or your phone, whatever you're looking at. I'm going to wave at you. So three, two, one. Hello. I want to say particular Timmy. I'm assuming they're watching. Your other kids. Hello, 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 hello. Um, is this crazy or what? Do you love this? Is this weird? Are you eating snacks? Are you in your pajamas? That, that would be interesting. I think in our home, we decided to still get dressed like normal. But if you're in your pajamas, why don't you shout out Pajama Quarantine, where we can all come to Calvary wearing whatever we were wearing during the uh, quarantine days, just as an expose. Anyhow, I also want to say thanks to the team that are here worshiping. There's some people on the sound booth. Uh, interestingly enough, we're the 10. We're the 10 people who are allowed to legally gather. There's 10 of us here. And um, so, you know what? They're here serving. And so I'm really appreciative for them. What I want to talk about this morning is um, the grace of God. And I want to talk about the grace of God as a way of standing for contentment and fearlessness in these days. So what does contentment mean? Contentment means being okay with what's happening. And you know what fearlessness means? It means overcoming the temptation to worry or to have anxiety or to be afraid. Because many, many people, most of the world actually is experiencing some kind of anxiety, some kind of worry, some kind of fear. And it's not abnormal. There's some really big stuff happening. But how are we going to respond? And so this morning, I want to say the grace of God is the foundation and the fuel for fearlessness in these days. Trusting in God's kind grace is the fuel for our bravery and our courage and our peace in these days. So kids, there's at least two kids here, so I'm depending on you. Well, one of you is an adult now, but you know what? I grow older every day at the same speed you do, so you'll always be a kid in my eyes, just a really grown-up one. All right, we're going to shout the word grace on the count of three, okay? One, two, three. Okay, I can't hear you, so I'm going to really need you to shout it out louder this time, okay? Some of you are quite far away from the building. So on the count of three, shout out the word grace. One, two, three. Grace. It only sounds like a couple people are saying it. Should we do it again? Maybe not. All right, I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 2 here, and then I want to tell you some stories about grace that I made up. All right. This is what God's word says to Christians. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And he raised us up with Jesus and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. So that in the coming ages he might show how huge his riches of grace and kindness towards us is. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works. So that no one may boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Can you guys pray with me? Why don't we all stick out our hands like this or up in the air like this? Especially you kids. Kids, this is your message. 
you can say to mom or dad or grandma, grandpa, whoever you're in your room with, I got this. Okay, you're, this is your prayer time. Okay, you ready to pray, kids? Kids, let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, we need more grace. Help us all to have joy and overcome every fear. Fill us with love so we can do good. And help Pastor Rob. He's not getting any younger. He needs more help every day. So please do a miracle for Pastor Rob. Amen. Amen? You know, I'm going to find out after this that there were no kids watching. Someone's going to tell me we sent all our kids to bed. So this is, you know, this is for you two adults. Anything for you guys, says Pastor Rob. I really want to focus on God's grace today because um, I was just even talking with someone before we got started and they were saying things that are the same way I feel. It feels like every hour your whole life changes these days. I feel like personally I'm on a two-hour cycle of faith and fear. It just keeps going around and around. Every two hours, somebody's saying something that changes things. And then you got to kind of face that and kind of get used to it and get to a new normal. And then something else changes. And somebody was saying yesterday, Pastor Ron was saying that he thinks that all of us are just in this weird grieving time where normal life disappeared three weeks ago. It just absolutely vanished. And every, every half day, your life changes again. My life changes again. And we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or the week after that. And even once maybe they have a cure for this thing or a needle they give you that you won't get it. We don't even know where we're all going to be. The future is unknown and we've never, many of us, had this time where so many of us, everything's just kind of changing so quickly. We have so much opportunity to be afraid or frustrated. Some of us don't respond to this stuff with being uh, worried. We get angry. We just want to go, whose face do I have to punch to make this stop? Okay, kids, don't do that. Okay, and it's not your brother or your sister. That's not the answer. But you can have these feelings. Who do I need to to just punch to make the world stop changing so fast? And these are normal responses, but they're not grace-based responses. And so I want to say to you this morning, Because God has chosen to love us through grace, we can can rest in him. Because God has chosen to take care of us because of his grace, we can trust him in these days. Because we have a grace-based relationship with God, we can be okay knowing that he is going to get us through this and use us through this too. So according to this story that I just read from the Bible, or this passage from the Bible, grace is something God gives us that we don't deserve. When we're saved, when we're rescued from being alone without God, when we're rescued from being punished for our sins, anybody here like being punished? I don't like being punished. Kids, do you like being punished? No. You want to get forgiven, right? And even if you deserve some discipline, you want to go back to it being better than it was before. You don't want to get kicked out or left behind. That's all of us. And so we need forgiveness and we need grace. And according to the Bible, being forgiven by God is something we get that we just don't deserve. Have I ever told you the story about the scratchy cat? I made this story up. Once there was a scratchy cat. He loved to scratch things. 
which was good for him because he had these great big claws that were so good at scratching things. Have you ever been scratched by a cat? It's the worst. How do they grow razor blades out of their paws? I mean, their paws are so soft and covered in fur, and then, shing, your face is gone. They're so (laughs) scratchy. Well, there was this one scratchy cat who loved to scratch things, and the thing he loved to scratch most in the world was a neighborhood dog. And there was this dog. It was a big dog. It was one of those big, big, big lopy dogs. They're just huge. And this dog had a master that he loved. And every day, this master would take his dog out for a walk. And his master was a little bit old. So he was a very well-trained dog. And he knew that his master needed just to stand for the dog to walk beside him the entire time. And that made the walk so good. But every day when the master would take his dog for a walk, the scratchy cat was there because he loved to scratch. And he would hide in the bushes. And then he would jump out every day and he would scratch the dog. Sometimes he would scratch him on the back. And sometimes he would scratch him on his face. And the dog sometimes would get a scratch right on his nose. The sensitive wet nose of a dog that never wants to get scratched. It gets scratched and it would bleed. And the dog would sometimes just want to get so angry. Just want to bite that cat and shake it like a wet rag. And just get it. But it wouldn't. Because it wasn't there to attack cats. It was there to walk with its master. So it would always have patience and not go after the cat. And the cat would run away. And this would happen day after day after day. The scratchy cat just thought it was so great. He could always jump out of the bushes and scratch the dog. And the dog wouldn't do anything. The dog had to be patient. Well, one day, the scratchy cat was waiting for this dog to come. And he heard the sound of a dog walking down the street. And he thought, oh, those big stinky dogs, I'm going to get him again. And he jumped out and he scratched at the dog. But this is the thing, it wasn't the same dog he was used to. It was a different dog. And it was a dog that was all by itself. And it bit that cat and it chased him. And it, it scratched him with his own paws. And it shook the cat and threw him back into the bushes. And he thought he'd kill the cat. And the cat was lying there. It wasn't dead. But it was wounded. And along came the master with his dog and the regular dog was kind of waiting to get bit or scratched by the cat and it never jumped out and it sniffed the air and it could smell that that the cat was there, but something was different. And so it actually left its master the first time ever. It went away from its master's side and it went into the bushes and sniffed around like only a dog can do when it's trying to get something sniffing in the bushes and sniffing and sniffing and getting twigs and leaves in its fur and sniffing around and finally finds This thing that it was smelling, it's the cat. And he pulls it out. And the cat looks like, like it's almost dead. But it wasn't. And so the dog gently picked up the cat in its teeth, so strong that it could destroy the cat if it wanted to. It could just finish it off if it wanted to. But it didn't. Instead, it brought it to its master. And the master recognized this cat. This cat that always scratched his dog and But he saw that it was wounded and bleeding and he decided to have pity on it. And so it took it home and lay it down on a soft blanket and cleaned off the cat's wounds and fed it. And you know, over time, the cat recovered. And got healthy again. That's a picture of grace. That master adopted that cat And that cat would even come over and the master would give that cat a bowl of milk if that's good to do. I've heard that maybe you're not supposed to give cats milk anymore, but whatever cats needed, it was given to it. And it adopted that cat. That's a, that's a, is, that a, is that what the cat deserved? This cat that was always scratching the dog 
and wounding it. Was that what the cat deserved? Everyone shout, no! If that cat was attacking my dog, I would have shot it with a bow and arrow. I would have gone after it and thrown sticks at it. I would have hated cats for the rest of my life. I would have said that every cat is a bad cat. Because what he did to my dog. No. That cat got grace. It didn't deserve it. And it could never earn it. Because it didn't earn it, it was hard to lose the kindness of the master and the gentleness of the dog. And You know, it's just a story, but this is kind of our life with God. We never deserved to become children of God. We never deserved to be saved. We could never deserve to be Christians. In fact, how we live apart from God wounds God. It attacks God. It betrays God. It, it, it grieves God. But God, being rich in love, decided to forget what we've done. Instead, to reach out to us in mercy and save us. And, be, and, and we call that grace, and the Bible calls that grace, that he would do it for free when we couldn't deserve it. And so in these days when everything's getting upheaved again, and there's, there's stories coming out of different places, and, and you can go, how am I going to get through these days, and what do I got to do? Do I need to live the perfect life, the perfect cleanliness life, and the perfect spiritual life? No! God started our walk with him by grace for free. By kindness and mercy and pity when we didn't deserve it. And so when we wake up into a morning and we don't know how we're going to do everything, it's going to be by grace. It's going to be a free gift. It's going to be just because God chose to love me, He's going to get me through this no matter what happened. Because I didn't start this. And I didn't make God love me. He chose to love me and He's going to keep loving me because He wants to do this. We're saved by grace. Kids, if, you, if you're there and your, your folks are still there, you turn to them and you say, God's going to get you through this by grace. Okay, did I give you enough time? Okay, try it again. God's going to get you through this by grace. One, two, three. Amen. You know, we have all kinds of feelings in, in these times, maybe. And, and uh, one of the things that I love about this passage is that it says that God makes us alive when we're dead. Do you know most people want to be different? Most people, when you're reading the news and maybe it makes them afraid or angry, they don't actually like that they respond like that. Most people, if they find out that they're, they've gone from having a job to being a homeschooler, and they're worried or frustrated or angry. They don't like responding like that. Do you know that most people are feeling feelings and thinking thoughts every day that they don't love? And one of the things I love about the grace of God is it doesn't just change your circumstances or your future. It actually changes you for free from the inside out. It makes you alive where you're dead. It gives you a new heart. Did I ever tell you the story about the crunchy caterpillar? This one's almost better than the scratchy cat. There's this one's this caterpillar. You might start seeing them soon because the birds were out singing yesterday. I don't know if you went outside yesterday, but the birds are singing, which means that spring is here. Doesn't matter what the date on the calendar says, it's when the birds are singing, that's when you know spring is here. Anyhow, you're going to start seeing some caterpillars pretty soon. You know what caterpillars love to do? 
They love to crunch leaves. They love to eat leaves. They just climb up something. They'll climb up almost anything. They're hoping it's a tree. And then they climb along a branch and they just, they're looking for green things. So they love to eat leaves. And you've got this wonderful apple tree at your house. And then all of a sudden, half of the leaves are all gone because the caterpillars are eating your leaves. They love to eat leaves. And they just kind of sit there and I jump, breeze. Well, there's this one caterpillar and he just loved to crunch leaves. That's all he wanted to do. But he knew that there was more, somewhere there had to be more to life than just leaves. And sometimes, you know what he would see? He would see things flying through the air. He'd see birds flying through the air. And he knew something inside of him. Uh, it's not, I'm just not supposed to hold on to twigs and crunch leaves, but that's all he wanted to do. He was hungry for leaves, and so he would crunch, crunch, crunch the leaves, crunch, crunch, crunch the leaves. And, and they were just, they were okay, but leaves don't taste very good. But he, so he said, I'm just going to keep eating these leaves. Gum, 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 gum. He's not very satisfied, and he doesn't believe that everything's the way it's supposed to be, but that's all he's got, and it's all he's hungry for. Gum, 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 crunching the leaves, crunching the leaves. But then he saw things flying and he thought, I, I think I'm supposed to fly. I think things are supposed to be different. But all he wanted to do was crunch the leaves and eat the leaves. And then one day God touched his life and touched his heart. And he went and he spun a bit of silk and he hung himself from a branch and he started to change. And he formed this shell around himself called a chrysalis. Everybody say, chrysalis! Okay, you don't have to sound like you're shouting, but you can if you want to, because Pastor Rob said it's all right. And he turned into goo inside the chrysalis. He liquefied like soup. And then he started to reform. And over time, finally the shell broke, and he spread these beautiful wings. And you know what he didn't want to do anymore? He didn't want to eat leaves anymore. Instead, he wanted to eat nectar. Because he was different. Now he's a butterfly. And God had touched the caterpillar's life so that he didn't want to eat leaves anymore. Now he wanted to just fly to flowers and eat the nectar out of flowers because God had changed him from the inside out. And this is one of the things that grace can do for you. Before the grace of God comes into our life, we have these desires that aren't good ones. We don't actually want God. We see God or we hear about God, we hear about Christ, and we're not actually hungry for Him. We're hungry for things that aren't good. We're hungry for things that aren't God. And when the grace of God comes into our lives, He actually changes us from the inside out and He gives us these new desires. He makes us alive to God. One place the Bible says he takes a heart of stone away and gives us a heart of flesh so that we actually want to obey God. Another place it says that God takes spiritual blindness away from us and he makes us to see that the glory of God is shining out of the face of Jesus. So now what we want to see is the face of Jesus. We've got a new heart. We don't want to just crunch leaves. We want to fly up to the flowers and drink the nectar of God. And I just want to say to you this season, so many of us are finding out that we're not as spiritual or sanctified or strong as we thought we were. We don't trust God like we thought we did. Grace. 
Grace, grace can change your heart. God changes hearts by grace, not by works, not by effort, but by trusting him. He gives us new hearts. And I think this is part of what he wants to do right here. Church, look at how you really are. But I love you and I want to change you. I started this for free and I can transform you for free. Now trust me. Turn your eyes to Jesus. You've got a new heart. Now fly up to God through the word and through prayer and through trust. And drink the nectar of God's word and and see the beauty of God. You know, if that's not where your heart is this morning, you know what you can do? We have this wonderful gift called believing prayer. Where you just talk to God honestly. And you say, God, I need help. And you do it in a way that you hope honors Jesus. That's what praying in Jesus' name means. It doesn't just mean tacking his name onto things. It means you're praying, trusting that Jesus hears you. And pray, trusting that what you're praying for will, will please Jesus. And God will transform you. This is my hope. I, I don't see like only good things coming out of my heart in these seasons. But the God of grace is here. And none of us are going to be the same after this is all done. But by grace, we're going to be better. Amen? In this passage here in Ephesians, it says this. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Do you know that part of what, what's going on here, whether you're locked in your house or you're trying to care for people who are sick or you're trying to be aware of people who have needs because they're locked in your house, whatever you're doing, part of what's going on here is that God has excuse me, made us to do good works in these seasons. It's by grace we're saved, and we're God's workmanship. We're his artistry. We're his master craft episodes, and we're made to do good works in these seasons. And sometimes it's hard work to get us transformed in order to do that. But that's part of what's going on. That's part of why there's trouble. That's part of why there's challenges, so that we can grow to do the good works God's called us to do, that he's planned beforehand for us to walk in. Did I ever tell you the story about the grumpy grandpa? This one is even better than the, the crunchy caterpillar, I think. Well, there's this one, this grumpy grandpa. And uh, he never wanted to get out of bed. He was just, he was quote unquote done. And so he just lay in bed all day. And he would kind of just lie there with his arms beside him. And he was really grumpy. And he, he, didn't, he didn't move, he didn't change, not for nobody, not for know-how. He was, quote-unquote, just done. But he had a really cheerful granddaughter. Her name was Grace, let's say. Just, just picking a name out of somewhere. Grace Platt, you know, a good, strong man name. Anyhow, this cheerful granddaughter would come to visit the grandpa. And she knew that he wasn't actually done, but that he could do a lot of good things still. She just knew he didn't know it anymore. And so one day, she walked into the grumpy grandpa's bedroom, and grumpy grandpa was still lying there. She said, hi, grandpa. He didn't even say anything. He just kind of grumbled. He was a grumbling grumpy grandpa. And so she pulled out her secret weapon, which was a squeaky pig. It was one of those squeaky pigs that when you squeak it, 
it just sounds, it sounds like a pig if you squeak it soft. But if you squeeze it really hard, it sounds like a dying pig. And so Grace, the granddaughter, went to the grumbling, grumpy grandpa. And she just went and stood at the end of the bed and said, Grandpa, can you sit up? And he just grumbled. And she went and she held the, the, the squeaky pig over grandpa, grandpa's face and just, just, just out of reach for him lying down and started to squeak it. He said, stop that. Stop that. And finally, grumpy grandpa sat up and grabbed that pig and threw it across the room. And Grace said, good job, grandpa. I'll see you tomorrow. She walked out of the room. He lay back down, frustrated. Well, the next day, Grace showed up to visit grumpy grandpa again. And uh, this time, she had a slice of his favorite pie, apple pie. And when that apple pie came into the room, Grumpy Grandpa was lying there, and he smelled it. And he said, oh, actually, ooh, that's kind of nice. No, it's not apple pie, it's apple bloats. Even better. Bloating it up. Bloats, boats. Totes, bloats, boats. Anyhow, she's got the apple bloats. And she walks into the room, and she knows now that Grumpy Grandpa can sit up, and she knows he knows that she knows, and she thinks that he might be a little bit more frustrated. And so what she does is say, oh, Grumpy Grandpa, these plots smell so good, don't they? She said, yeah, yeah. Why don't you come over here and feed them to me? She's like, I don't know if I can. She said, what? You wouldn't do this? She's like, oh, I'm going to take a bite. And so she took the fork and she took a bite of the beautiful apple plots. So good. Did I mention there was ice cream on them? Oh, because it was warm. It was warm plots. And so the aroma, and then there's the nice vanilla ice cream, and then some of those nice cheese cubes that you get. Mm, so good. It was just right there. It was the perfect menu meal. And Grumpy Grandpa is there, and he wants it so bad. He hasn't eaten anything but Triscuits for, for days. And she takes another bite. And she's like, oh, I might have to finish this all by myself. Now he's really grumpy. And he knows, she knows that he knows that he can sit up, but he's frustrated. He doesn't want to have to do anything for anybody because he's quote unquote done. And so what she does is like, oh, I just remembered I left the water on downstairs. And she puts the plate at the table at the end of his bed. And she goes downstairs and she waits for two minutes and she comes back upstairs and grumpy grandpa is lying in the bed. But she looks at the end of the bed and there's nothing on the plate anymore. She says, good job, Grandpa. I'll see you tomorrow. Well, the next day, Grumpy Grandpa's waiting in his bed. And he knows that Grace is going to show up. And he's, got, he's, he's thinking. He's like, no matter what she does, I'm not going to move. Not if there's a squeaker toy, not if there's bloats. I'm not going to move. I'm done. And so... He hears somebody walking down the hallway and the door opens and then he hears a gigantic crash. Oh. And he sees out the door when he looks the shoes of Grace lying in the hallway. And it, it, sounds, it looks like she's fainted or something. So grumpy grandpa, all of a sudden he's not thinking about himself anymore. He's worried about Grace. Even though she's this conniving, tricking granddaughter, he's worried about her because he loves her. And so he, he kind of forces himself up and he kicks his legs off the side of the bed and he puts his feet in the slippers and he shuffles and it's kind of, oh, his back's a bit stiff and his neck's a bit stiff. And he just moves over and he looks and he finally gets to the doorway. He's worried, what's wrong with her? Does he need to call 911? And he opens and he puts his head out the door. He says, Grace! And there's Grace lying there, smiling. Thanks, Grandpa. I knew you loved me. And she gets up and gives him a great big hug and says, Want to go for a walk tomorrow? 
Grace is walking you through the story of your life right now because the grace of God knows that you can do more in Jesus than you think you can right now. The grace of God in you can do more, do more good, get you through harder times, get you through things that you don't know you can get through. But God is going to get you through it. And you know what? He's going to train you through these times to be more fruitful, more loving, more caring, more generous. He has a plan because you're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And he's going to get it done. It's just uncomfortable learning that we can change. All right. So I want to wrap these things up. Maybe five more minutes, band. And I want to say this. I know I'm telling stories and I care about the kids, but these are serious times. And part of the things that these times remind us of where everything's upheaved is that our desire in life as Christians isn't that we would have the most calm and normal lives ever. Our lives of grace are actually that we would be as fruitful as possible because we're expecting Jesus to return. In fact, Jesus said before he returns, the world would be upheaved and there would be earthquakes and wars and things would go crazy as God prepares his church and the world for his return. And so, is this it? I don't know. There's been events like this before and Jesus hasn't come back yet, but I believe he will. But in the meantime, we're learning to be on mission for God. This is part of my heart for the whole church, is that we're learning to actually be missionaries in these days. It's not like we have to push ourselves to be in uncomfortable situations right now. The discomforts come to us. It feels like, for all of us, like we're having an experience that only overseas missionaries kind of get to have. And this is a good thing. And I don't want to miss this lesson. I don't want to go back to normal. I don't want personally, and I don't want us as a church to go back to normal. We're being taught more and more how to be on mission with God every single day. And I want us to hold on to this because even when this season has passed, we are called to go out and to reach out and to care about our neighbors and to go and preach the gospel to people who don't know it, don't have it, that we may, even as Canadians, kind of be through the worst of it before other parts of the world are. And we're called to care about them, especially if they really don't know Jesus. If there's nobody in their life right now preaching them any kind of message about grace, that you can trust God by grace, and he has your life, and he has your death, and he has your afterlife in his hands, and he wants to do good to you because he's chosen to love you by grace, there are millions and billions of people in the world who have never heard this, or may never heard this, and may go into eternity without Christ. And this is, this is the worst thing that can happen. And so God is working into us this, this, this need to be on mission for Jesus. Did I ever tell you the story about the two grandmas' birthdays? Well, there were these two grandmas that had the same birthday. And interestingly, they had their grandchildren, who were grown-up grandchildren, who lived right next door to each other, these two Young moms who lived right next door to us, they had both had grandmas who had birthdays on the same day. How coincidental is that? It's almost like I made it up. Crazy. 
Anyhow, both of these grandmas weren't super tech-savvy, so they both wrote letters to their granddaughters saying, I'm going to come and visit you for my birthday, but I don't know when I'll be able to make it there. It could be a little bit early, it could be a little bit late, but I want to come and visit you around my birthday. And both of the granddaughters were so happy because they loved their grandma and they called her grand-grand. And it was just so cute. Even though they're adults, they still call her grand-grand. And so they're so excited for grand-grand's visit. But it's a little bit perturbing that they don't know when she's actually going to show up. Well, one of the granddaughters was a very industrious, faithful young lady. And so she, because she loved grand-grand so much, every single day she'd tidy up a little bit and she'd bake a cake. What? You say every single day? That's a lot of flour and we're in lockdown. Okay, just roll with me here. This is a different time. Every single day she'd bake a cake just in case Grand Grand showed up. And when Grand Grand didn't show up, she had a temptation to be frustrated, but instead she thought, I should be generous. I've made this cake. Grand Grand hasn't come. And so she'd go to one of her neighbors and give them the cake for them to enjoy. And this happened one day, and this happened two days, and this happened three days, and it happened, now the days went on two weeks, but you know, this granddaughter was very faithful, and she believed that Grand Grand was coming, and so every single day, for three whole weeks, she made the cake, and she tied the house, and finally Grand Grand showed up after three weeks. And she was so blessed, she said, you made a cake for me? That's amazing. Thank you. And it's my favorite. Angel food cake with strawberry on top. Wonderful. Or apple plots, whichever one you love. And it was just the best party ever. And the granddaughter was happy and grand-grand was happy. You know what? All the neighbors who'd gotten a free cake over the last three weeks were also happy. It was a beautiful event. But the other granddaughter wasn't so industrious and she wasn't so faithful. And after she made a cake too... But she didn't want to make one every day, so she kind of left it on the counter, and then it got old. So after three days or four days, she just ate it herself. And then she made another one, just in case Grand Grand came, and then she left that one on the counter, and she put it in the freezer, and then, well, it was in the freezer, and she's hungry, so she ate it herself as well. After two weeks, she's just given up. Oh, she's never coming. I'm so discouraged. This will never happen. And she just went back to Netflix binging and staying up all night watching Netflix till five in the morning. And when her grand-grand finally showed up after three weeks, that granddaughter was so tired from her Netflix binging and only eating her own cakes that she just slept through grand-grand knocking on the door. And after knocking, knock, she grand grand, she's not so strong. She's not going to kick that door down. She knocked, 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 and nobody answered. And she finally just said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she went back to the taxi and went home. Which granddaughter do you want to be like, kids? We know that God is coming. And we know that God wants to be joyful and rejoice at our faithfulness. And God is teaching us in these days that we can't depend on anything staying the same except for Jesus. And what if he came back next month? What if he came back in two weeks? Would we be proud of how we'd been serving him? Would he find us ready and on mission for him in these days? The Bible calls us to live like that because that's why we were given grace. We were given grace and love and called God's workmanship that we'd be busy about the work he gave us to do for when he might return. All right, kids, I've told you my stories. 
We're going to count to three and we're going to shout grace one more time. And then the band's going to lead us in a song. I really miss you guys. I really miss you guys. I miss seeing your faces. I can't wait for us to get back together. But in the meantime, let's make the most of this time. And we can do it because the grace of God is with us. The Father loves us. Jesus died for our sins. And you know what? If you're listening to this and and this is somewhat new to you, this is what I want to say. Uh, That feeling like something's missing, that's a true feeling. That thing that's missing is your peace with God. That feeling like there's something wrong with you, that's a true feeling. That feeling is sin in our heart and indwelling guilt. And God had a plan, and his plan was to send Jesus many years ago to die for our sins and to rise from the grave to give us new life so that if we trust in him by faith, you don't have to work for him. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to go to the highest mountain or the most distant country to get right with God. You just have to believe in his son, Jesus, and call him your Lord. And if you give If you give your life to Jesus, he'll receive it and he'll treasure it and he'll transform you into the person you've always been made to be because only God knows who you are always supposed to be. He made you. And not only will he treasure your life in these days, not only will he help you fulfill your purpose in these days, but he will take you to himself to be with him forever. No matter what happens and no matter when you die, It will be a good death because you'll get to go to be with a God who loves you forever and ever and ever. On the count of three, kids, let's all shout grace one more time. One, two, three, grace. Let's worship together. Amen.